This is Optimal Living Daily Relationships, Episode 4, Why I Stopped Punishing My Kids, Replacing Punishment with Connection, Part 1, by Bridget McNamara with FamilyOptimize.com, and I'm your host, Joss Marie. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the podcast where I read to you every weekday to help you optimize your relationships. Sorry if I sound a little raspy. My little guy and I have been under the weather. Today, I have another new author for you. Actually, this is a brand new author across all of our podcasts, which is super exciting. The blog is Family Optimized. They call themselves a practical toolbox for helping parents solve problems. The site was founded by Chris Egan, but he has a few regular contributors like Bridget, who we're going to be hearing from today. So thank you, Chris and Bridget, for letting us share your content here on the show. Today's post on parenting is about twice as long as a normal article that I narrate, so I'm breaking it up into two posts. I'll read the first half today and then finish it up for you tomorrow. Now, in general, when I read you posts about parenting, I'll try to put them near the end of the week and more dating stuff towards the beginning, just so we can keep the content as relevant as possible for you and you have an idea of what to expect. But some weeks, there might not be parenting articles or dating articles. We'll have to see what kind of content we find and what you end up liking the most. And on that note, we're always scoping out blogs, so if you have favorites that cover relationships, let us know. Come by oldpodcast.com to get in contact. Now, let's hear our first post from Family Optimized as we optimize your life. Why I Stopped Punishing My Kids, Replacing Punishment with Connection, Part 1, by Bridget McNamara with FamilyOptimize.com. Quote, To punish kids, very simply, is to make something unpleasant happen to them, or prevent them from experiencing something pleasant, usually with the goal of changing their future behavior. The punisher makes them suffer, in other words, to teach them a lesson. Alfie Cohn Definition of revenge, to inflict punishment in return for injury or insult. So, punishment and revenge are the same thing? When this idea was first presented to me, I was floored. I had to take a long, hard look at the way I was teaching my children. Timeouts, losing privileges, having to leave the park were all the ways of being a gentle parent because I wasn't spanking them or screaming at them very often but I was still inflicting harm. They felt sad and hurt by my consequences, which actually led me to believe I was getting through to them, although truthfully, the misbehaviors weren't stopping. The illusion of choice. At the same time I was ruminating over this whole idea of punishments being harmful at worst and ineffective at best, my then six-year-old daughter said to me, Grown-ups get their kids to do what they want the same way people train dogs. The treats are just different. It hit me like a ton of bricks. My six-year-old was hip to my jive. She understood that the consequences were just a form of manipulation and control that, more often than not, was meant to give the child the illusion of choice. You can either get into the car right now, or you won't have a cookie when we get home. That's not a choice at all. That's do what I say or lose. Either way, you do what I want you to do. Then I got the biggest gut punch of all. 
My youngest was two years old, and he knocked over his five-year-old brother's block tower. My five-year-old yelled at his two-year-old brother, picked him up, and carried him into another room, causing him to cry. I came over and scolded my five-year-old. I said, he's so much littler than you, and you scared him by yelling at him and putting him in there all alone. He responded, but I'm so much littler than you, and you scare me when you put me in a room all alone. I quit cold turkey. I started by apologizing to my kids and told them I wasn't going to punish them anymore, that we were going to work through everything together. No more timeouts and no more losing things that belong to you as punishment. If it sounds too radical, think about how many times you have put your child in timeout and ask yourself, is this effective? And what is the lesson? If you act out of sorts, you need to be isolated. You are unlovable and unwanted. It is always interesting to me how the parents that are shocked we don't use punishments are the same parents that seem to struggle with unending battles with their children. Time out after time out and still the behavior continues. I am not claiming by any stretch that empathy and calm discussions will stop undesirable behavior in their tracks. However, neither do the punitive methods. At the root of punishment, is the underlying and glaring message of, you hurt me, I hurt you. The difference between responding with punishment and responding with connection is that with the latter, you stay connected. You foster a deep and unconditional love that will carry into a lifelong relationship with your child. You say to your child every day, in the way you respond to their behavior, I love you no matter what. You always have a voice. You are safe. My new mantra became, every undesirable behavior is a cry for an unmet need. Every undesirable behavior is a cry for an unmet need. Every undesirable behavior is a cry for an unmet need. Almost every single time, that unmet need is connection. When you really get into the nitty gritty of it, what we're actually doing when we send our kids to their room and into timeouts or away from the dinner table is withholding affection and connection. In order for that to truly modify the behavior, they must crave that connection enough to do whatever it takes to have it back. They have to be deprived of it. It's a bit heartbreaking when you think of it that way. On the days when my kids are fighting and crying the most, I can almost always look in the mirror and realize I haven't stopped and sat down and looked them in the face while they talk to me. I haven't put my arm around them and sniffed their heads while they tell me their dream from the night before in every detail from start to finish. All day I've been saying, just a minute, or only half listening to what they're saying while I'm checking Facebook, answering emails or loading the dishwasher without even looking at them. In those most difficult, blood pressure-raising, infuriating moments, when I want to yell and send them to their rooms, showing empathy is the most difficult thing to do. I know in my heart I can make it all go away if I just walk across the room and wrap my arms around them and say, I'm sorry you are having a hard time right now. You have to try it. It really, really works. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled, Why I Stop Punishing My Kids. Replacing Punishment with Connection by Bridget McNamara with FamilyOptimize.com And I'll read the rest of this article for you in tomorrow's episode, 
seems fitting to read from a site called Family Optimized, since our tagline is optimizing your life. Thank you again to Chris and Bridget for letting me share this content with you. Lee and I are proud parents to a little guy who just turned one on April 20th, and I am super fortunate to say that I'm able to stay at home with him. One of the toughest challenges for me as a stay-at-home mom is when I find my attention being diverted between him and a dozen other things I'd like to be taking care of. It's on these days when I end up prioritizing these other tasks ahead of story time or taking a walk or my personal favorite, snuggle time, that I could not agree with Bridget more and notice my little guy acting crankier. It's true. Even my 12-month-old seems to notice when I'm not giving him my undivided attention. This post is a great reminder for me that all these daunting other tasks like laundry and writing thank yous and packing up yet another round of clothes he's grown out of will be right there waiting for me tomorrow or even a week from now. It's those little giggles and rants of babbling and snuggles, however, that'll be gone before I know it. So thanks again, Bridget, for the reminder. Because this mama's going to try a little harder to really live in the present and soak up every moment. And if you have any favorite relationship blogs that you'd like me to narrate for you right here on the show, let me know. You can contact us at oldpodcast.com or mention it in our Facebook group. The group is called Optimal Living Daily Podcast, so you can search for that and request to join. Or the shortcut link is oldpodcast.com slash Facebook. That'll do it for today. As promised, I'll be back tomorrow to finish this post for you. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.